Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Don't Sleep on the Couch Podcast. I go by Cash, a.k.a. Exec P. My man, Mr. Prez, couldn't be here this week, but filling in with a great interview, we have, look, we always tell you we have spitters on here. Um, ever since I heard his project a couple, what was it, a couple months ago, man, uh, Fallen Angels. Ever since I heard that, and then before that, I heard him on a, a track with JR. I just knew that eventually when the time was right, when he started dropping some new music that he wanted to interview for, I'm going to ha- try to have him on and spread the word as far as his project to you all. So without further ado, man, we have Phil V coming to the couch for the first time, man. Let's let's play one of his joints as we as we let him in on the pod, man. This is this this is a good this is going to be a good one, y'all. I pray the most high, give me the language needed to connect the whole world. Yeah. God's earth. They say it's easier to fake a fantasy than face reality. The times I was burned, branded me, these snakes rattled me. My boy Mason lost the use of his arm from shooting dope. A year later, lost his life to an overdose. Remember nights I prayed the Holy Father to hold him close. Self-inflicted demons are too strong for the Holy Ghost. Rest in peace to the others that fought and passed away for all my people. LV, welcome to the couch, good brother. How you doing, man? Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. I'm blessed, bro. No doubt, no doubt, man. We'll get through the pleasantries first, and we'll we'll dig deep into this this body of of work, this body of art, man. We'll we'll dig deep. So for starters, man, give the people where you're from and your why for why you've, you're involved with rap and, and hip hop. Got you, man. I give you the short version. Well, I'm from home in Louisiana. Uh, it's a little small town south of New Orleans, and I know a lot of people, if you ain't from where I'm from, it don't even seem like you could go any more south, but, like, I'm from the real bottom, dog. Like, I go in my backyard with a shovel and dig a hole, they're going to be water in the fucking ground. Like, we below sea level like a motherfucker. Just a little, I'm like a bayou boy type shit. Um, Small town, you don't know it unless you're from around here. And then my why that I gravitated towards rap and hip hop would be, it's just, it's a hard question. It's like, my life's been so complex. I done forgot so much shit along the way, but I always revert back to, I remember faking sick from school one day and I was like watching the noon 106 in park and fucking Nas one mic video came on. And just from like the song and the video and everything, I was encapsulated. And then I got to give a shout out to my oldest brother. He was always kind of like the hip hop head and he was thugging it in the streets at the time when I was real young, but I was like on the no limit shit heavy. The block is hot and all that Wayne shit popping around here. So I was, you know, I I gravitated towards it. And as a young kid, I always wanted to be the most like my oldest brother. So that's kind of what I emulated. And I was always a writer in school though. Like as a kid with stories and things like that, I always loved to write. And that's really just the first way I felt like trying my hand at expressing myself. And it just, it just continued from that point, man. 
Okay, so you mentioned Nas. Who are who are some other MCs that in your formative years that you know helped you want to write and really do this at a high level? Biggie, Big L, um, Wayne, of course. Wayne is who I get my like. It's weird because like I feel like I I have like the New York style in the sense of like I like boom bappy shit. I like samples with no drums. Also, I like stuff like that. But I feel like I incorporate like kind of a swag and sauce into my like sample driven style that is like I derived that from Wayne, like having punchlines and fitting a little bit of finesse and just, you know, doing it in a different way. Like on the project, I would say the wing song, how I had like that bounce over like a sample heavy thing, you know, it's, it comes from the Southern roots of me, but I mean, big L I feel like he's one of my, he's one of mine. Like, I feel like that dude was so fucking ahead of his time with his cadences and flows and deliveries and like multi-syllabic style that he was doing way back then that most motherfuckers still can't do that shit to this day. Not so, at all. <laughs> Not at all. No, that, that's what I'm saying. He was so ahead of his time. And then Tupac in a sense of storytelling, DMX in a sense of like, it didn't even matter what he was saying. He could make you feel that shit in your fucking core. So it's like, I had a melting pot of everything that I derived certain things from, which I feel like made the perfect recipe of what I've become. You had a recent trip to New York City. I like to say my city, man, Harley home, always repping for sure on my side. How was it? How nostalgic was it to be, you know, where big, Bro, like you was on was the steps of where big, you know, mm. grew up, man. How, how did that feel? Like, man. did that give you some type of motivation or just how, how was the overall feeling from that? It was just another level of like confirmation in my in my artistry and in my life that like something bigger is going on with me than you know most people could fathom or understand because like I try to be transparent in who I am in my music and I'm trying to do it more in interviews and stuff, you know what I'm saying, which is a little bit harder for me, but because I just I am who I am through my music. I feel like if people want to know me, they listen to my music, you know what I'm saying? I give many details, but from coming from like being in the back of the house I was living in, in a little built room, not doing good, you know what I'm saying? Trapping, barely getting by, doing drugs, just just in a suffering, low vibrational mind state and listening to Biggie, you know what I'm saying? Like to get me through, like to be my escape through the chaos I was living in or to feel like, you know, somebody was living in that similar type of mind frame to now like you know I done shook back got my life together I've been clean for a while I help people trying to get their life together in that sense and that my music and me surviving that brought me to a place to where I was actually sitting on Biggie small stoop it's just it's mind-blowing it's something bigger than me going on in my life bro how about yo first off congratulations on on being clean um, yeah, I appreciate you know, for people it. out there that may be suffering or just, you know, going through it right now. How, how many years has it been? Uh, seven plus years, bro. I ain't put no mind altering substance in my body. I don't drink alcohol. I don't, I don't smoke weed. I don't do nothing, bro. I get high off this music shit. Mm. Yeah, man. 
Uh, we we're gonna dive deep into that, man. I want to slow roll it because, man, like yeah, the uh the amount of detail, the amount of things that you were uh, speaking about on here, like it reminds me of, and I know it's not a lot of other people's favorite rapper, but coming up, like um Joe Button, you know what I mean? For a lot of things that people say about him, whatever, but when he was rapping, that pain, that transparency, like that's what drew me to him. You know what I mean? Um, you mentioned X, you mentioned Pac. Uh, that pain, that feeling, you know, I keep going back to that this last couple episodes of saying like, yo, man, if you don't give me no feeling in your raps, you don't let me know who you are. I can't, I ain't fu- you nah, can be I talented. With it. You can be talented all you want. And I will never take that away. There, there's something to be to make people happy, dance and do all that stuff. But it's something about the music that when you feel it, it lasts a lot longer. It lasts a lot longer. So oh, yeah. my next question is, from Fallen Angels, I got some of that. In your previous projects, you know, when you sprinkling it in. But this God's Earth, man, it felt like you just went full throttle into just opening up to who Phil is, man. What made you decide, like, right now is the time to really divulge a lot of my story? I feel like, uh, like, I didn't want to just give all of that right off the bat. Because, like, I understand I'm an artist that... I'm I'm a lot to digest right off rip. So it's like, I kind of want to just spoon feed them in a little bit. So on the Fallen Angels, I kind of wanted to just show my, because that was like a transitional period in my artistry. Like before that, I was kind of still figuring out who I was kind of as a person and artist, you know, newly being clean and shit like that. And really just having my new rebirth and ascension to the new person that I was becoming. So like the fallen angels was me figuring that out, me figuring out more deep levels of my spirituality or who I was and things of that nature. And then, you know, as I come to this one, it's like, this is just really my identity of like who I am personally as a person and the things that made me who I am. Um, And I felt like from people getting the fallen angels and a little bit more of me, I was like, all right, ready or not, it's time for me to give them who I truly am. And it was just crazy the way it happened because, you know, like I say, shout out to JR. We was talking about it previously. I had did a joint with him and that whole uh, joint was produced by Clipto. Clipto heard my verse, you know, reached out to me. We was just planning on, we didn't really have no plans. It was like, yo, maybe, you know, maybe an EP will, you know what I'm saying? Maybe we'll do something. He sent me a joint and then uh, I sent him something back. Like when I get an opportunity, you know what I'm saying? I don't fuck it up. I don't fumble under pressure. I get shit done. So it's like, I didn't even write nothing down. And it was the record too alive. I did it without ever writing nothing down. I sent it back to him and he was like, oh shit. I did a couple more. And then he sent me the God's earth record and the, this is this is some crazy shit. So he sends me the God's Earth beat. I listen to it for like five, ten seconds, and I hit him instantly. I'm like, yo, I ain't about to fuck with this right now because I'm moving, but I just want to let you know this is going to be something special. This, this is going to be something big. I got a certain feeling from it. I just want to let you know. Well, fast forward to when I was able to get to it. I did the God's Earth joint. I sent it back to him. And that's when he was like, 
man, we, we doing a whole album, bro. You know what I'm saying? Fuck this. And it just spawned from there. And what's really crazy is like the level of artist that I am, the whole project was basically built off of him sending me that beat. And that beat was named God's Earth when he sent it to me. And I just mm, built the whole concept off of that. Yeah, what I'm saying. It was a beat he had been sitting on that for years that like nobody ever. And I told him, I was like, yeah, because you made that shit for me, dog, years ago. You just didn't know it yet. Mm. Yo, which one do you want to play, man? You mentioned several songs. I want the people to get a little bit of taste of the project. So um, you mentioned Two Alive. You mentioned God's Earth. Which one do you want to play? Uh, you could run that Two Alive. Yeah. What up, Clip? Got me in that mode. It's a hell of a feeling when you still in the show. The heights I'm about to reach, don't think they ceilings could go. Fillers are pro to all these amateurs. Ego, I'm about to damage yours, huh? Talking bars, watch how easily I handle yours. They backpedaling, illuminating rap Edison. Stacking all this paper just to pass it to my relatives. What the fuck I need it for? I've been given the keys to go to some parallel dimensions y'all ain't never seen before. Separate you from your soul, break you down to fragments, then I realign your chakras back together as I make you whole. Make a goal, work hard, pursue and follow it. Even in the depths of depression, remain an optimist. And you, huh? Again, that's too alive, Phil V, man. Yes, sir. Super, super laid back. I mean, that's the vibes throughout the whole project, man. Even though you're being very transparent, it's it's not forced. It doesn't feel like preaching. It doesn't feel just right. feels just like you giving you, man. So too alive was definitely one of the, my favorites off of there. Um, but Really, man, the lines that caught me was like on wings, man. Like when you was like hang around four millionaires, you're gonna be the fifth, hang around four dope fiends, you're gonna need a fix. Man, like yo, that I, that's that, <laughs> that's a bar, man. That's a bar, man. What what made you come up with that in terms of just like connecting the two? I've always felt like, man, I don't know, like I say all the time, like I know my human body on this trip. I'm 31 years old. I think 30, 31, something like that. I'm pay attention to that shit no more. But like, I know for a fact, my spirit energy, bro, is wise much beyond 31 years. I always just had a lot of wisdom, man, since a kid, which was lot like, which was why when I wasn't living right, like certain people could be living fucked up and not living right, and it don't really bother them. But it always like deeply affected me when I knew I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing and living how I was living. Cause I just had godly wisdom put on me since I was young. So just through my own experiences and, you know, through personal experiences and through viewing experiences of others, you know, I just derived that information and it's true, bro. Like, they got another saying, you hang around in a barbershop long enough, eventually you're going to get a motherfucking haircut. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, I just wanted to put it in that type of form. And I felt like that was kind of the song to finesse it in there. And it's crazy because like, that's one of the joints to where I was like, you know, it's got to get in there. And I was having a, 
I just, the mixing on that one, it was just fucking with me. The frequencies were a motherfucker. I was almost ready to say, man, fuck this one. I'm tired of fucking with this one, dog. And I put it in there. I know how it is. Man, that shit was pissing me off. I was done with that record, bro, because the sample was really like on the high end side. So I was like EQing it down, but didn't want to take away from the feeling that I was just over that fucking record. But it came together right. I put it out, and that's the one everybody was quoting and fucking tripping out on. So I was glad I put it out. But yeah, just wisdom through life experience, man. You know what I'm saying? All right. Before we get into the depths and the depths uh, and the more serious nature of addiction and and everything, I just kind of want to get on what you mentioned as far as what you do for the project. Yes, Clipto produced the entire project, but you produce as well. You mix and master as well. Um. You know, how much of that is just you being like a control freak and want your things to sound a certain way? It's how much all of that. It's just... That's everything. Because, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like, I've fucking given some people verses, bro, that's like, oh, man, I done gave people some crazy verses to where it's like, ah, you should have let me do what I, you know what I'm saying? Do the science side of that shit because, like, it's like you were saying earlier, it's music is about, and art, art in general is about, igniting, inspiring, or conveying feeling and emotion. And what people don't understand a lot about this music is there's a science side of it. There's frequencies. There's things that you can do that need to be done for a specific voice, which is an instrument for you to feel what they saying. And if the science ain't right and the hurts ain't right and the frequencies ain't right, you're not going to feel nothing, even if they say in the most fire fucking shit ever. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, I'm a control freak when it comes to my art, though. That's why I do everything. Hey, man, we 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 want to like, man, with the podcast. When you know, when I am doing music and I venture off into that, like, I want to keep everything. It's a struggle. It's a tug of war between. I I can make covers. I can mix, master. I can do video. I can do all that myself. But you're only one man. And in order to stay in that creative space, sometimes you got to know when to be like, you know what, I'm doing too much. I gotta yeah. let somebody that's smart as well that's capable hand off on it man so how was it like uh working with crypto on this on this time around and being able to just free your mind to just think about the music and then the mixing and mastering on the on the back end it was it was just working with that dude was a fucking breath of fresh air bro like he understood instantly where i was going with the shit and what's crazy is like I didn't even have a specific direction where I was going because it's hard to explain. Like I never have a a thought before working on an album or before doing something to where I'm like, all right, this is my goal. It's just like, I just make music based on where I'm at in life and, and messages I'm trying to convey. And then most of the time now I'm really just a vessel and I let other energies and stuff come through me to convey message that need to be conveyed. But it's like when I did the first couple of joints, he instantly knew like they ain't really a beat that he sent me that I didn't use. Like we had a few that just didn't make it because after I did the song, I felt like it didn't fit in the project, but it wasn't like he ain't the type of producer send me 10 beats and I'll pick one. Nah, like, all right, I'm sending you two more and I know they go with the project and they both went with it. So yeah, he understands the shit, bro. You know what I'm saying? Sure, that's that's dope, man. Like the last last couple producers and and, and rapper, like those those type of duos that have been on the podcast, like 
they always talk about how seamless and how refreshing it is to have somebody to where oh, yeah. they're thinking what you're thinking, even when you don't even know that's best for you. Like they're thinking for you, like the, uh, the extension of your brain, man. I, that's amazing. That's an amazing feeling, man. Yeah. Because like, I'm just, it's like, I say, it's like, I, I would never force no music. I'm not fucking with it. If it don't feel like natural and organic from the second, I know the second something comes on, if, if, all right, yeah, it's about to speak to me. Let me, let me trance out and clear my mind and my thoughts. And like his shit, just, I would play it and it would just speak to me instantly and tell me what to write. All right. So I want to transition a little bit more back to the the album. Cause you know, again, I said it's super layered, um, really deep. You know what I mean? Um, you know, you talk a lot about addiction, your struggles with addiction being seven years clean now, and then your family's struggle with addiction. And then just kind of overall that, that cloud that was surrounding you guys, man. Um, can you take the people down that, that path on, you know, how it was growing up and now that, you know, you guys seem to be on the other side of addiction. Yeah. Like I say, I got a line in one of my new jam that's going to be coming out, uh, that my family's going to be in the new, new Testament. You know what I'm saying? Like my family story is a biblical proportions. Uh, so like the women in my family, shout out my mom, my two sisters, they were just innocent bystanders to the chaos. Like, women usually are. Um, so they never did nothing, bro. They were just angels. You know what I'm saying? My mom was to glue that hell shit together, but they were just innocent bystanders to the chaos of, you know, full grown men. You know what I'm saying? Dope fiends, wilding out, thugging, living that life, selling drugs, using drugs. Um, you know, and in a small town like I'm in at one time before shit was so crazy how it was now, it's like, you couldn't always get drugs, you know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes shit just wouldn't be shaking, and you got motherfuckers that need something, three or four of them in a crib together, and they ain't got something, and just traumatic, crazy shit happens, man. Like, you know, family members up the road going to prison, and, you know, me just seeing drugs and crazy shit at a young age, and just, just traumatized, like, living a life of always wondering, like, is today something that next crazy fucking thing going to happen? So just being a kid always on eggshells, like, oh, hope this one don't die today or they don't do that. You know what I'm saying? And just living mm-hmm. in constant fear. So like coming up like that, I really hated drugs for a while, like before I did them. But having all this like anger and confusion and stuff that was going on inside of me and not having no outlet to get rid of it, And then I started being just like a real mean, hateful kid and saying real fucked up shit. But it was just like my way of crying out for help. And um, just one day, you know what I'm saying? Going down that rabbit hole and and, and fucking with the drugs. And I was just off the deep end quick. I had like ran away from my crib at 15 in a trap house, selling drugs, doing just uh, crazy shit, man. But Fast forward, I mean, I've been, I had been to multiple detoxes, multiple rehabs, uh, until I finally kind of, until it was my time, till the time was right. And I just, you know what I'm saying? Prayed up in, in some kind of way. 
taking a chance and God putting some angels around me that had been through what I've been through to help nurse me back to health. And it was literally like being born again. Cause you know, I, I didn't have that crutch no more that helped me survive. So I felt like just a naked baby brought into this scary world as an adult and not no coping mechanisms, no skills, no way of knowing how to live or survive through this crazy place. But just taking leaps of faith, that's what they say, man. All you need is the faith of a mustard seed to get through whatever type of horrible shit you're going through. And like, even though I didn't think nothing was going to work, I wasn't going to get better. I would just hold on to that faith and knowing that however I was living before, that shit wasn't hitting on nothing. So, and then I got better and they got another saying in this camp that I'm around that helped me, nurse me back to help. Uh, you want to, you keep what you have by giving it away. So once the knowledge was given to me on how to free myself from the generational bondage that I was, you know, attached to, I started traveling to treatment centers with my oldest brother, you know, and sharing our stories and trying to give hope to other people and, you know, just doing that type of shit, trying to give back the blessing that was given to me. And then I backtrack a little bit. So my oldest brother, he had got clean first. He got 10 years. Shout out Jake. Love you, bro. So he got 10 years. And I mean, he was the worst of the worst. So it was like, I seen him, I had tried to shake back a little bit. I had fell back off. And then I seen he was still doing this shit and we living in the same house. I'm still drugging. And I'm like, yo, he really like getting better and shaking back. Like whatever he fucking with, that shit must really be working, bro. And, you know, it's hard to like live in the monks of hell when you're seeing somebody, you know, making it to heaven. It, it ain't as easy to do. And uh, he would just come at me every now and then be like, look, I ain't trying to tell you to do nothing, whatever. I just want to let you know I love you, bro. If, you, if you're trying to shake back, you know, I can help you, help put you in some positions. So he got clean first. Then I got clean. Now I got seven years. And then my other brother, shout out Ben, you know, he was the last one struggling and couldn't really get it together. He was out there bad. And uh, now he's like coming up on two years. So it's like I say, my whole family done shook back from odds that most people don't shake back from. And it's just, it's all glory to the most high, man. Did your family have any issues with you being as transparent as you've been on, on this project? I think bro, for the most part, it's like, besides my brothers and shit like that, like my mom kind of like, she kind of distanced herself from me as an artist, I would say of who I am, like, you know, more just on some still motherly son. And it's like her plate still so full. Um, my family's still in a place of like, we still got a lot of, I would say unresolved traumas from like deaths in the family and seeing a lot of death to where, bro, my people ain't got time to be sitting around and wondering like, Oh, Phil's being too much in this music, man. She's taking care of her mom living with her because her dad passed away. My people got too much yeah. shit going on to be worrying about shit like that. Was there like a a signature moment? I mean, you mentioned a lot of moments to where your brother was doing better. So, you know, you took a, you know, you looked at that and was like, man, maybe I need to change the way. But was there like a signature moment in, in just being at the bottom of the bottom to where you was like, yo, I just got to, something has to shake. Something got to change. Yo, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. Like, what what was that moment for you? Yes, yeah, it's, it's hard to explain because it's like them moments never did it. It's like, because it, it's hard for me to explain, but I didn't really care. Like, I didn't want to die, but like, 
I didn't really care whether I did or not. But um, rest in peace, my pops, man. My dad's suicide definitely like played a part. Rest in um, peace, your pops, man. Yeah. yeah, appreciate it. That played a part in starting to like just make me see things a little bit differently. And obviously, that didn't that didn't make me stop. I went harder for a little while after that, but it was like. And then I didn't have him as my crutch and my backbone no more either. It was like I was really just on my own with it. So like I had tried to get clean, like I said, a little while, multiple times. But then after my dad's suicide and things like that, it's like that last rip. It was just no more enjoyment. I didn't get no relief when I was or wasn't on drugs. I was just fucking miserable 24-7. And I didn't have the energy to really sell dope to like really make the money to get big loaded like I was and all that. So I was just getting by on crumbs, getting bird fed, just feeling like a little piece of shit. And I was just miserable with or without drugs. So that was the to where I was like, man, this shit just ain't hitting no more. Let me try this shit again, bro. I ain't got nothing else to lose. So it wasn't like the sky opening up and me seeing no sign. It was just, I didn't feel no better with or without drugs in my system. I still felt like shit. Interesting, man. So, yeah, it's, it's a series of events. Then, wow, like that—that's a—that's a lot, man. That's a lot to take in. Um, I was blown away by the music again, once again, because there's there's no way that you can navigate this. There's no one right way to navigate life with all these different type of things that you are throwing your throwing your way. Um, I've seen. I grew up in a house of kids that experienced similar things. You know what I mean? Similar things. And of course, I won't put my family's business out there because I, I just haven't talked to them about it. But what I will say is um, that sim- similar circumstances outside of my doing drugs, I left I left the house early, eighteen. I knew what was happening. I was smart enough to see like this ain't this ain't what I want to be. You this ain't what I want to be around. Um, but you know, some of my cousins. You know, they fell to to some certain things. Some of them didn't. You know what I mean? It just depended on who it was. But the lion's share of us, most of us, we didn't want to be um, just stagnant in life, you know, and right. not kind of doing better. You know what I'm saying? And that's with the drugs. That's with everything that we was introduced to because our parents were kids when they had us, man, in their teens. You know what I mean? Just trying to figure life out. So I get it when you say there's no one signature moment. It's just like, hey, man, you just want to be here you know but with that said man is music and god and and just you know being very spiritual and in, in tune with this universe is that your only refuge for just remaining on the right path of being clean are you still visiting the different clinics around your city like what are you doing i, gotta, to I mean I, I shout out i work the program to shake back you know what i'm saying a recovery program and i mean it's based on attraction rather than promotion so i ain't gonna drop no names or nothing like that you know but people that's part of this place when you see them before whoever their family that knew them before and you see them after they've been there for a while you motherfucker ain't gotta say nothing you know like damn you looking right. You don't shoot back. I know you up to something. So now I work a program, but the the principles, this is what opened me. This place is what opened me up to the spiritual guru and monster that I am now. Um, I worked certain steps and was taught certain principles. 
And then the thing is, you learn them at this place, but you taught to learn to take them to your everyday life. And so now it's like I just incorporated that place into my life, but I always go tap back in on a regular basis to try to stay grounded and like let other young people and shit know, like, bro, you can let this clean. Like, this is what's up now. Like, drugs ain't cool no more, dog. Like, they might have been cool 10 years ago. They ain't nothing. That's man, being clean and living this spiritual life is kind of like, what's up now? This shit is popping, son. Like, leave that dope alone. So now I work a program, you know, but it's not like a, it's a, a subconscious thing that I do. Like, I'm in constant contact, you know, with my higher power. And then just my head is just always in that space. So Phil, in your chosen profession, though, that's, what you see a lot like we know yeah. i know what you do and i know what other rappers that that spit real shit and just don't talk about drugs but like how do you you know how do you combat that and how do you feel about just the game overall with just that being the, the drug use is being highlighted i mean one like uh i enjoy going to places to where like there's a bunch of rappers that do drugs and smoke weed and drink because i like to bug them out like when they offer me something, I'm like, nah, I'm cool, bro. I don't, I don't smoke. And like, well, here's a beer. Nah, I don't drink. Oh, you want? Nah, I don't fuck with nothing. Play the beat, dog. Give me 20 minutes. I'm about to hop in here, do what I do, dap you off, and I'm out this bitch. And like, I enjoy it because it just bugs people out. It's, it's, it's abnormal for a rapper to be in a studio and not want to smoke, drink, or do nothing. Um, and as far as the game as a whole, I mean the world as a whole is just the rap game everything is a reflection of where we are as a whole but it's just uh it's just prophecy unfolding the way that it needs to i mean you see whatever you you want to see so it's like people get their hand in this game and they want motherfuckers to think it's all that but it's not it's really not it's just kids it's just it's all based on that drug and feeling just like everything else we talk about the music is based on a feeling what a day most people don't know how to distinguish what any of those things are so they cover them up with drugs and then i feel like artists like to create the music that I create and stay in the creative headspace that I am all the time and be in it like depleted energy place that I am is I understand why artists of my caliber need drugs, dog. Cause like I'm on the brink of insanity most of the fucking time. It's not normal. I shun everything out of my life. Everything that would give me pleasure or enjoyment, like this is all I fucking do. This is all my mind is focused on. It's like, it's not an easy thing to be the artist that I am, bro. So I get why they do. And then most of these artists, they sell their morals and the things they care about and really going against everything that they believe in for the most part because they were sold a dream. And it's like once they buy that dream and they start getting the spoils of it, now they got to hide from the fact that they being somebody who they total opposite of what they believe in and who they are. So you run from that shit by getting loaded. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But Phil, why wouldn't, why won't you allow yourself to enjoy all of these, these new things? Like you just said, like you, your music took you to NY to get interviewed. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're moving and shaking and doing different things that is life changing. Why won't you 
you know, enjoy the process, enjoy like just these new things and new avenues um, that you're going down. It's a culmination of things. It's because like uh, I got fear of success. Um, I've, I've been comfortable. I know how to survive in chaotic situations. I know how to thrive off of pain and suffering. And I feel like that's what made me who I am as an artist. So it's like, I don't want to lose that. I don't want to, I don't want to get comfortable. You know what I'm saying? And um, it just ain't time for that. Like when the time is right, you know, I understand that. But what I see, what I see myself doing and accomplishing, it's nowhere near where it needs to be yet. And I know how hard motherfuckers is working and shit like that. And I'm not about to let nobody outwork me. You know what I'm saying? So I know I just got to stay locked into this certain headspace that commands these feelings and, and these spirits on these records. And I'm just so in tune with myself that I know I got to keep myself in a certain space for now. You know what I'm saying? I know it sounds crazy, but. No, it doesn't. Cause it doesn't. I have an obsessive behavior in anything that I do that I devote my time to. I want to be the best at, but what I've, what I've realized, like, you know, I'm a couple months away from 40, man. What I've realized is that, man, time will come when it comes. I used to have a chaotic lifestyle in terms of just bad marriage. Um, just everything wouldn't go right. Finances, every time you get two steps ahead, suffer a loss that'll set you four steps back. Like, it was always bad shit for such a, a stretch in my life. And now, I don't really have drama. My life is boring. I love Boring. You know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm doing I feel things you at my on that. own pace. You know what I'm saying? People get confused with boredom and peace. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's when peace. you come from that chaos, <laughs> that shit's peaceful as a motherfucker. And like from my from my sense of my life with that side of it, that's how I keep it. And that's why I don't have no relationships or friends or dealings with anybody because that's when you invite bullshit, is when you deal with other fucking people. If I'm just dealing with me. Man, I'm peaceful, dog. Can't, you know what I'm saying? Can't hurt. <laughs> can't up. hurt me. I can't, I can't let these, me down. I'm fucking with these broads and these fucking friends that are fucking just as emotional as women and all these other motherfuckers. And it's like, oh, now I got to deal with your feelings, bro. You know what I'm saying? I don't deal in that shit, bro. Fuck that shit. When I, when I, if I'm dealing with feelings and emotions, it's on a record. Once the record's done, I ain't dealing in that shit. I ain't good with all of that. Well, let's get back to one of these records, man. What else? What else do you want the people to listen to and hear to just to get a good feel for the project? Let's see. Let's see. Run that call in, man. I've been trying to run from this shit my whole life, man. For real. I understand now this shit bigger than me. Way bigger than me. Yeah. I'm so in tune with my spirit, this shit is frightening. It is. I question everything I have been taught for truth. Yeah. Brainstorming from this enlightenment. Okay. Now my rainy days are what I offer you. Huh. It's hard for me to say, but lately when I pray, I ain't even sure who I'm talking to. Huh. Don't try to hit my phone, I got nothing to say, unless it's about the mission I've been called to do. Yeah. How your ascension and how your consciousness. Yeah. Watch as my prophecy leads you to the apocalypse. Huh. No time to stop and sit, I made some observations. Salam alaikum, they probably saying I signed with Satan. Sorry for the drama, me and my mama had conversations. Since the day my father died, he committed suicide. Look deep in that mirror and question, who am I? Let Jesus take the wheel as the Uber slide. 
human sacrifice. I'm being burned at stake. My city full of know-it-alls. I'm in a learner state. That's that's just some of that's just some of what y'all can get from this project. If y'all have ever been through anything similar, any trauma, I just buckle up because this 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 project is a ride, man. So one of the lines you mentioned was your pop suicide, and you mentioned it earlier. And I kind of wanted to double back because I was watching one of your interviews and, and doing my due diligence. And one of the things that stuck out to me in one of your interviews is like you record in the room that your pops took his life in, man. Like Are you what, looking in it right now, bro. What is like how do how do you do that, man? How how do you do that? How do you channel any type of energy to do that, man? I don't, I don't, I don't know if I could. You know what I mean? Like that. Wow, man. It's like, just how because, do you do like, that? It's just like, that's the type of energy that I like to pull from to make the music I make. It's like, I want to pull from the realest, most authentic source of pain and suffering possible. Because, like, people in this, in this life, bro, they always want to, like, chase pleasure and, like, Everybody's trying to fill this hole inside of themselves and this void with things outside of themselves, things that bring them instant gratification, um, fleshly pleasures, you know. But in my case, what made me who I am and the artist I am is it's been pain and suffering. And I feel like that is the blessing of life because with pain comes growth. You know what I'm saying? So I pull from my greatest source of pain to command it, it keeps me in the in the source of like how could i ever make fake music in this room how could i ever uh go away from the authenticity of who i am this instantly keeps me in the headspace of like nah this shit is bigger than just what these other motherfuckers is doing your story is different than these other dudes we about to take over the world motherfucker like this shit gotta happen. Look where you record music. Remember what you come from. Remember what you've been through. Like your shit different. Fuck how they feel. You know what I'm saying? It keeps me in this in this motivated headspace. And and like I said, how could you make fake music in the same room your father took his own life in? It's impossible. Man, like that's a lot of that's a lot of strength, man. I I just gotta say, man. Like I say again, like Appreciate you know, we it. all pull you know from different sources of why we do what we do um motivation we was just talking to jr yesterday just the feeling of being underrated he pulls from that you pull from loss you know but when i listen to you guys like the underrated and just the loss and everything that you guys have been through just know that there's people out there that don't rap as well as you guys that don't do music as, as well as you you know what i'm saying so it's always Levels to whatever whatever you uh, yeah. you're doing, you know what I'm saying? I and and like I appreciate people like you. Like shout out my guy Attic Stein when he was telling me talk to yeah, you. Shout out like, to him, yeah, yeah. Like how that's like my handler. That's my CIA operative. That's when my third eye get out <laughs> of whack. You know what I'm saying? Shake me back. But like when he was telling me like you know y'all were talking to him and actually had a favorite record from my first. I was like. I'm fucking with them dudes, you know what I'm saying? Because they actually letting me know they take time to listen. And I've come out of the place to where, like, feeling like I'm underrated and, like, feeling like I'm being hated on. 
but I was there for, uh, I've been there, you know, I, I derived from feeling like my back was against the wall and that's what made me a beast. But it's like now I've come to a place to where I understand that like, I'm so gifted and this ain't egotistical, but my art is at ah, such a- speak your truth. Yeah, yeah, like my art is at such a high caliber and the levels of what I'm creating now are so deep and advanced that it's not for everybody and it's going to take a while for people to catch up. So it's like, I don't want to make shit that instantly everybody gravitates to and understand. I want to make shit that like when it first comes out, like, okay. And then 20 years from now, they revisit it. It grew on them and they're like, holy shit. Yeah, he was way, way ahead of his time. You look at Kanye and shit like that, bro. He was denied in the beginning. Like, nobody was fucking with him, dog. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we covered the documentary, yeah. Yeah, like, every fucking genius, bro, is rejected by society at first. So I feel like I'm on the exact path I need to be to become one of the biggest artists of my generation, if not ever in the history of mankind. You know what I'm saying? They're not supposed to get me or understand me because I'm not like them. I feel I feel you on that. I feel you on that. But as you continue to ascend, I, I'm 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 happy that you know you you're coming out your shell because you said like it used to be f people. I don't want to mess with people, but yeah. in order to spread the message, spread the good word, and spread what's happening with you and how you've come from where you come from, these type of interviews, these type of things have to happen because people need to know you know, the layers, the different layers of who, who you are, you know what I mean? So I wouldn't say shun everybody out, you know what I mean? But definitely <laughs> got to make the right decisions with where you place your time and energy, you know what I mean? Because nah, the, I knew I was going to do one with y'all. Yeah, I appreciate it. I knew I was going to do one with y'all. And I know, man, everybody, Attic be on my ass, bro. Everybody be like, bro, you got to start fucking making music with people and talking to these people and doing these interviews and all that shit. Like I know, man, but fuck, shit. Hey, I get it. I get it. Look, I, I, I tell people this does this doesn't make sense, but I know I'm one of the most extroverted, introverted people there is. Like this takes a lot to do this each and every week to get out and talk. Sometimes I don't want to talk for long periods of time. I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want to say anything. But I feel like you know what I mean. Like people like you and other artists that we've had on, you know, for the lion's share of artists we've had on, it's their first interview. Why is that? You know what I'm saying? Nobody's yeah. giving them a chance. Nobody's giving them a shot. And, you know, if we could just get you one fan, that we, job job is done. You know what I'm saying? That's how I feel. You know what I mean? So that's why I do it. You know, that's my my purpose now later on in life is just to share the music and everything right. that, I, that I love. You know what I mean? I'm going to share it with you. If you like it and you get something from it, great. Even better. Share it with somebody else. And that's kind of how people like you and other artists that we've had on the podcast usually shine. It's just by the word of mouth, man. It ain't paying for likes. It ain't paying for streams. It's just the word of mouth where people yeah, start to buy that. your product. I will bring that up. I don't do that shit, motherfucker. <laughs> I ain't never fucking bought a follower, a fucking like, a Spotify, fake-ass playlist. I'd rather my shit say I got 30 people listening than 3,000 fake motherfuckers, dog. I feel like that shit break- is white, son. Yeah. When you break it down and do the math, say you got 30 people that follow you and really mess with your music, those are the same 15 out of those 30 that buy 
every single time. That's what I'm that's saying. That's more return. That's more return. That's more. They got these motherfuckers that they should have saying that they doing. And shout out to them. Everybody move different. I get it. It's, it's it's a smart business and marketing plan to, to boost your numbers and shit like that. But I could get a hundred CDs and hoodies made where I'm from and I could sell them. I could put the price, whatever. And I got a hundred people that's about to buy my shit, dog. And these motherfuckers could have, let's say, 10,000 monthly. Man, you can't sell three T-shirts, man, because ain't nobody really fucking with you like that. The yeah, organic growth you, is different. You know what I'm saying? It's different. It's different. But people do pay attention to growth. Let me give you a good example of this, right? So we was, um, you know, a long time ago when we first started, uh, you know, one of our um, podcast partners who has since moved on to do bigger and better things, um, but he was like, yo, I got a homie that knows how to up the, the numbers. And at the time, like we knew to this and I'm like, ah, that something about this don't feel right. But you know, whatever. I'm, I'm always the negative one. I'm always the one that's analyzing stuff with the, yeah. with the podcast and like, yo, that can't seem right because it may fuck up the algorithms and all them bots may not really get our stuff seen. So that may not be the, the smart move, but if you think it's cool, whatever, you know what Try I mean? Try it out. Yeah. Try it out. Tried it. Right. Got up to about 2,000 followers on IG, I believe, or Twitter. I can't remember which one it was. But it happened. And this sure as shit, that's what I, I just kept getting comments about. Yo, I see y'all moving, man. I see see everything. Oh, yeah. And it's like, yo, that's... It was, we did the same type of episode the next four weeks. Like, nothing changed. You know what I'm saying? Still good quality. Nothing changed. But they paid attention to the, those numbers. And that's what I say. And you know from the the Fallen Angels project and the uh, Righteously Flawed, uh, when living in the Matrix, you got to learn to read through the numbers. And like, it's the same with this artistry, bro. For me, it it is a struggle. It ain't a struggle that I deal with as much anymore. But like, being in tune with understanding the science of this shit now. And really, it's all magic for the most part. I mean, that's what this shit is, bro. It's like this is all different potions and alchemy and stuff that all comes together with these sounds and this. And it all comes together and it commands a feeling. And I, you, you can influence people to do certain things. You know, I could somebody going through a breakup, I can influence them to want to do this, do this type of record. It's all magic, bro. So it's like understanding that. And my spiritual nature to where I don't put all of it out there because I don't be wanting to freak people out with some of the things I know and understand. And that's why they also got a uh, a quote that says, follow not secret knowledge because it'll bring you no reward. And it's because sometimes knowing more, you know what I'm saying, is a burden than just living in the ignorance, you know, the bliss of ignorance. But to back to what I was saying, it's like I know certain things I could do to make my shit speed up. Like if I wanted to blow up overnight, if I wanted to, if I'm willing to sacrifice my morals and play on a different side of the spiritual shit, like certain things you do, bro, with this shit and symbology and all kind of stuff will bring more attention. And I've played with it just to see. And it's like, this shit really is old shit. And then I feel like people like me who start to understand that without the higher ups, giving you that game and learn it on your own it's like scary because i'm like i know i know things that i maybe shouldn't know without having gone through certain things of people telling me and i like you know what i'm saying so it's dangerous because you could do certain images like with just what you're talking about certain imagery 
with your videos and all that could take take it to another level as far as just in a negative or positive space, wherever you want to look at it. If exactly. you're totally net, you know, if you're totally a negative person, like if we put out negative press or we talk about a rapper's albums whack, we get more more people who just I'm seem saying. to watch that versus us giving a intelligent breakdown. Nobody likes that shit. They like nah. shocking all. That's what they like, man. So you kind of got to play the long game, man. And if you don't mm-hmm. want to compromise your morals, then it's, it's, it's a slow grind. grind. It's a slow, slow grind. grind. It's a slow burn. It's a slow grind slow burn. because it's like, I know certain things that I could do with frequencies and stuff like in music and in, in mixing and mastering and certain things to make certain people feel certain different shit. You know what I'm saying? And it's like that mixed on what I'm trying to say and the message I convey, you know, they got a lot of that lower vibrational music out there and certain bass lines and certain certain frequencies and certain things like fuck with your cerebral cortex and certain things that open you up to influence and make you want to do certain shit. And that's usually all mixed with the rolling with the ups. And if you've lit, it's the same fucking bass lines and the same thing Yo, that open the, your uh, vibrations. Remember the Dave Chappelle skit long time ago where it was just different races they would play different um drums or yeah electric how guitar. well do you know oh what's one? it was like he was just like they would play they went in a barbershop right and they were playing different instruments and it was just people would react differently to different things like it's kind of something like that and i remember watching a documentary and i forget the name of the documentary but that's what they were tapping into just like certain sounds and certain rhythms certain cadences in song structure that simple, sometimes simple wins and it gets people to, to do it. And if that's your message, cool, because at the core of the music, people need to understand it, need to feel it. You don't need to be so complex to where nobody is able to really follow. You know what I mean? So I know it's a, that's the battle. That's the battle. That's the battle. Cause I want to be so genius that other geniuses can't even understand what the fuck I'm doing. But then it's like, these fucking surface dwellers ain't got a chance in hell to grasp what I'm doing. Cause I put, I put little secret nest eggs, even in a line that's already complex. I hide little, you know, little iodes and secret things inside of that too, to where like, I want somebody to listen to a song 10 years from now that's been listening to it for 10 years and be like, Holy shit. I just caught what that motherfucker said right there. And I've been listening to this song for 10 fucking years. Cause I feel like my music is spiritual in the nature of as you grow, the shit grows with you. So like you're going to start to hear and, and understand things that I was saying that you didn't because you wasn't ready to comprehend that shit yet as you grow. So yeah, but that's it, precisely, that's, I was going to say that's precisely what like Hove X, um, Jay, when well, I said Jay, but, um, Nas, you still catch you still catch certain lines yeah. from being an adult that you didn't catch as a teenager when you were listening to them because it just didn't apply to you. You know what I'm saying? But now, and that's the class I hold myself in. I feel like they peers to me. You know what I'm saying? Like respect to them, took a lot from them. But I, you put me in a room with all of them, with Wayne too, like with the next class, Drake, Kendrick, and all of them. I feel like I'm amongst peers, bro. Like. Who got the third bird? Who got whatever? When I step in here and do what I do, oh yeah, my verse is gonna be talked about and it's gonna be memorable. You know what I'm saying? Like I respect highly what all of them have did and given to the game. Utmost respect for them. 
much love to them. But when it comes to this artistry shit, I don't look at anybody above me, dog. I just All don't. Right, man. Yo, I want to I want to transition though like into some some more of the fun questions cuz I know this project is is heavy, but you know I know you got another side to you, you know what I mean? And I, I will take it For to sure. sports first. We'll take it to sports first because I know your late father was a basketball coach in the area, you know what I mean? Do you still follow basketball and you know are you active with what's happening in the NBA? Oh man. No. Fuck. So just locked into what I'm doing, but I be fucking with Jr. all the time, and I be telling him when I come around where he at, I'm gonna break his ankles, and he don't think I will. <laughs> <laughs> My handles is dumb, nice, son. Huh? Uh, Jesus shows where it come out of me real quick. Hey, but uh, yeah, shout out my pops, man. Like my pops is a local legend where I'm from. Uh, my house was always where the whole hood was at. Because my dad, I mean, we kind of lived that life. I was born on the east side where I'm from in a impoverished area. Uh, you know, I come from I come from that lifestyle. And then like when we was kind of doing a little bit better, we moved to the west side. And uh, which is funny because I say, man, when we moved to the white neighborhood, that's when shit got fucking terrible and crazy. It's just like an inside joke. But we moved over here. But my dad coaching sports and then coming from where we come from, my house was just, that's just where the hood was at, the whole hood always. And my dad coached, uh, he always wanted the kids that none of the other coaches and other teams want, like the quote unquote worst of the worst. And uh, yeah, he got two national championships, man, coaching uh, 15 and 16 pre-prep AAU basketball. And got the watches, you know, I keep them, I keep them picked up and shit like that. Um but I also, I give JR a lot of shout outs. I feel like me and that dude are just really similar people. And uh, he said it before, and it's the same with me. I've just been good at everything I've ever done. Like, I've been, a, <laughs> I've been, a, I've, I've been above average at everything I've ever done. Like, and I pick up on shit like that, dog. Like, so I pitched in baseball. I fucking, when I'm, I'm small as fuck, but when I was young, you know what I'm saying? And the height didn't matter. I was the quarterback in football, 8-0 Paris championships. Uh, <laughs> I, I played fucking, you know, I was nice at soccer. I played golf. I had a handicap of like plus four. Like I know how to surf. Like I can do everything pretty good. But this music shit is what I became fucking incredible at. You know what I'm saying? But I've been good at everything I ever fucking did, dog. Enough, enough said. I got, I got nothing on that, man. I got nothing on that. Yo, let's 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 move over to the, some movies, man. I heard you're you're a big movie buff, man. You 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 layer that a lot in your um, rhymes and stuff like that. So, man, if people had to have three movies to describe you, what would those movies be? Ooh, damn, I like that. Uh, for who I am today, I would yeah, say. Yeah, let's go with that. I would say. Inception. Um, Interstellar. And I'll throw in the one that doesn't really fit in between those two, but probably makes sense. Ooh, it's, it's in between two. Pursuit of Happiness. Mm, I thought you I thought your third one was gonna be the one with uh Denzel's son. Yeah, Antoine Fisher. 
No, it stays. No, it stays in the line of uh, Interstellar and uh, Inception. I forget what the it's, it oh, just came out like tenet, last two tenet, three years. Tenet, 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 tenet. Yeah, tenet. That's that, why I that's said I had to throw an eyeball because like Inception, uh, I, they got so many fucking quotables in there. You know, a man possessed of some radical notions, and you know, what's the uh the most resilient parasite is an idea, and. I just pulled so much from that fucking movie. And Leo, to me... Smoked it. Pound for Smoked pound. It. It's hard to fuck with him. Like, if we talking, he he my top. But in then Interstellar, because, you know, I'm real into the interdimensional shit. And um, I love how that movie just broke down. Like, there was the other higher dimensional version of himself in the end, trying to get the message to his lower self to just not even try to chase that shit, just enjoy like where you at in life and, and who you are. And then the pursuit of happiness just from the sense of like, you know what I'm saying? Having all these odds stacked against you, nobody believing in what you see for yourself and still making it happen through solely self-belief. Like, and I, that is my story, dog. And I don't say it in a sense of like, there's no hate towards it. There's no malice in it. Um, I understand for this lifestyle, it's hard to believe it. Like when you, somebody outside of it, especially seeing a fucking 13 year old white kid rapping and shit like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I was always taken as a joke. I would say for the most part, but I just always knew, you know what I'm saying? Laugh now, cry later. So I had to go against. It's not like I had people, oh, yeah, this is cool. Do this. Oh, you're going to be great. Da, 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 da. Nah, I had motherfuckers never wanted to give me the time of day, never wanted to listen to my shit, never gave a fuck about it. And I just kept going. And it's like, you know what I'm saying? The pursuit of happiness, man. He made that shit happen. And then it's just, it's just unbelievable. I feel like this, this belief, I feel like it's more important than belief on your journey when it comes to yourself. Why is that? Because I feel like people not believing in you, if you really going to chase after what you, what you going for, it don't really like that fire in you to like be that next level with it when you got support and everybody believing in you. It's like that lack of support and that non-belief is what really makes the certain few, you know what I'm saying, that are just different from the rest. Makes it it's like kind of like a permanent chip on your shoulder. Exactly. Okay. Got two more before I let you out of here, man. If you could choose one entity of music to be in, would it be rapper, engineer, mix master, or producer? Rapper. Okay. Why is that? That's what I am first. I'm a worse, you know. Uh, that's what I've always been and always done. Like I said, I've been a writer before I even rapped. I used to write short stories when I was a kid and all kind of shit like that. So, yeah, I'm a rapper before anything. And I feel like that's what I'm the best at. I feel like I'm the best in the world. So, you know what I'm saying? Production, I'm still learning. Engineering, I'm still learning. I like that side of it. But I, what I enjoy the most is fucking coming up with raps. Not even the recording process of it. I hate all that side of the shit. I can't stand it. I be having to force myself. I have three or four joints that I done put together in the last two days. Like, oh, 
I need to fucking yeah. set up that mic, man. <laughs> it takes everything. You know it takes yeah. everything. I just love the process of writing and creating music. And then it's like, I don't write too much anymore. I just come up with it in my, I write it, but I write it in my head. I don't write it down. I still do write down, but I'm trying to like get all the way away from it to where I don't write nothing down at all anymore. But when I feel pressed for time, I'm like, uh, let me write this shit real quick. Makes sense. I know I asked you earlier, some of your favorite MCs during your formative years, but now I'm going to have, have you make a decision. So to speak. Who are three MCs that just, no matter what, you know, I know you don't listen to a whole lot of people right now because when you're in that creative space, you can't. I know it's but so who hard are three right MCs now. that make you push your pen, that past or present? Past, uh, I'm going to just, I got to preface it by saying this because I'm so removed from other people's music right now, but one strange thing that I've been realizing is a lot of this shit that used to be incredible to me. When I listen to it now, it's like, that shit was kind of mad simple, dog. Like I thought that line was hard back in the day. That shit really ain't that hard. Like I'd have did that like this and this, but Wayne drought three Wayne, you know what I'm saying? No ceilings Wayne. It's just, man, that was like my everything. Like that's a fucking time period in my life and where I'm from, you know, I hold Wayne, you know, the higher standard, whatever he's become now, whatever, you know what I'm saying? But his run is one of the most legendary runs ever in this hip hop shit. So Wayne, um, fuck man, who else, bro? Who else, man? I don't want to make no. God. I hope you out. Big L, you mentioned Big L earlier. I, I was going to say Big L. I, I got to throw Big L in there because of how ahead of his time he was. It's like cadence and seamless flow. Um, and even his bars and lyrics back then were just fucking insane. So I throw Wayne in there for the kind of more modern, my 2009-ish era. You know, Big L for the just OGs of the game. Let me try to think of somebody newer. So it'll be like three, three different joints. I mean, but I feel like right now, one of the best motherfuckers rapping right now. Like Ransom and Conway is like, I feel there and there. And I, I say Ransom is more inspiring for, I would say his, rapper's con- rapper. his content, the depth of his content. And then I would say Conway technically is just one of the best. Like his cadences and structures are so seamless and flawless that like he understands that he's so good at putting together what he's going to say and how he says it, that the line ain't even got to be that crazy because it's the way he sets it up and how he does it and it hits. But Ransom is one of them the way he just say one of them lines. I just want to rest in peace. Like that motherfucker (laughs) said, I want to rest in peace while I'm still alive. Like, and it's not (laughs) insane. It ain't no triple entendre. It's just fucking so much depth to that little bit. And I feel like I'm in that. I like to believe I'm in that same class. That's what I like to do. 
Sometimes it ain't got to be to where this word you break it down seven times with triple meanings. It's just got to straight to you, motherfucker. I want to rest in peace right. while I'm still and we alive. Love th- I love that, too. I love that, too. Yeah. I like when it get technical and I got to sit with it and absorb it. You know what I mean? Like It's more like a book, like a, a good read. I get that. But sometimes I want them, them joints that just hit you, you know, in your and just gut. Tell, just you know? tell me that yeah. shit. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. So, I'll say from my era growing up as a teen, Wayne... Um, from just the OG class, Big L, and then from the new resurgence of this beautiful thing of underground hip hop becoming on the higher scale, it's got to be Ransom, bro, because that run he went on with Craven is what sparked a lot of this shit. And then I got to throw another That's little a fact. special. I got to throw. Yeah, that shit, man, that shit inspired was a special me. Year. It inspired me. That run they went on, that shit inspired me. I was like, oh, we could really do this now and like be getting light and eyes for it like he back because i was fucking with ransom way back in the day oh same same you know what i'm saying so and it's it's, it's abnormal where i'm from i could never talk about that kind of shit but i gotta give a big shout out hold up to the og who's really the godfather of a lot of this shit going on right now that motherfuckers don't be giving it respect <laughs> you know what i'm saying special. I feel yeah. you. okay he is dog if you look you know where Ransom went, kind of tie yourself to. If you went back in the day, you know who Benny was spitting the freestyles with. Back, like all these underground motherfuckers, they had to kind of, you know, make their way. See, you know, I slept on specials. Like his his music, like I wasn't on his music. You know, what I'm saying in terms of him being a rapper, but right. I knew him more for the production. You know, the production side before I got into him as a rapper, but now. He's navigating both lanes seamlessly, oh, man. Oh yeah, I could send you some some of his rap and shit. That's oh my god. But he just, I just feel like he's the OG, and he just like really stamped. Like he was doing the Green Lantern tapes and and you know what I'm saying the freestyle and all that shit way back. And it's like if you look, everybody that started to bubble up around the same time they all kind of like went through him and fuck with trust for a little while. And then like, that's kind of when they, so I just be like, he's like the wizard of Oz behind this shit that really got his hands and a lot of this stuff. Dope. Yo, Phil, man, appreciate you, your time, man. This was one of the, the doper interviews we had, man. Thanks for opening up. Thanks for um, just this project, man. And um, you, you got a fan in us. Prez couldn't be here again, man, but he definitely wants to send his regards as far as just really rocking with the the project. And I'm pretty sure on his drive back to the crib right now, he's listening to it as well, man, because it's just one of those bodies of works that speaks for itself, man. And, and that's the type of hip hop that we like. We like all types of hip hop here. It doesn't matter if it's trap shit, whether it's deep, deeply layered, we, you know, different moods, different, different food, so to speak. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how we operate here, but your project is special and continue to spread the good word, man, to people, man, and continue to be a vessel for change, for coming, you know, out of addiction and and people that suffer from, you know, alcoholism and all that type of stuff, man. It's inspiring, man. So thanks for for letting us in on your 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 background and stuff like that. So before we let you go, man, I'll let you, you know, kind of promote your or let people know where they can find you as far as Twitter, Instagram, and any other social media and just kind of what you have coming up next. Got you. Well, first, I just want to thank you for having me. And then you made this shit real seamless and easy and comfortable for me. You know what I'm saying? I really don't 
you know, do this shit too much. It's uncomfortable for me, but you made it feel like I'm just chopping it up with my, one of my homeboys. So, you know, appreciate it's been a pleasure. It. And um, it's at the at symbol, real feel V everywhere. Motherfucker, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram is the same shit. Um, obviously, guys are streaming right now everywhere. I want to give a big shout out to Clipto. You know what I'm saying? For being a big part of this masterpiece that we created. Um, I got a lot of shit on the way. I'm going to be dropping some hard copies and some posters and some limited shit real soon for this project. Um, I want to give a big shout out to the Most High, never taking his hand off of me in this life, you know, that I tried to fuck up and throw away so many times. Um, you know, him seeing, him seeing the prophecy that was supposed to come true before I was even here. And then I'm halfway through my next album with my dog, Attic Stein, my handler. Uh, you know what <laughs> I'm saying? Shout out Attic once again. Shout yeah. out Attic, man. We shooting for like probably end of May. Uh, this is going to be Phil V on more of an aggressive, aggressive side. I want to show y'all a different side of myself and layer to who I am. Um, other than that, man, keep your eye on the sky. If you see some unidentified flying objects or weird shit, it might be me just passing through where you live. You know what I'm saying? Just chunk the V in the sky, you know, and I'll be back soon. But much love to y'all, man. For sure, man. He's Phil V. I go by cash, a.k.a. Exec P. We out of here, man. Thanks for sticking around. We appreciate y'all.